Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, hello, everybody. What's going on? How you doing? It's Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Now as part of Pantheon Podcast. Don't forget to check out our friends at pantheonpodcast.com. There is just a litany of music podcasts for your listening pleasure. Everything from sites like Decibel Geek to my guys, Tom and Zeus, over at Shout Out Loudcast. You've also got Martin Popoff. Got a whole bunch of stuff um, that uh, you should be listening to if you're a music fan. I implore all of you to check them out. Again, PantheonPodcast.com. You can check them out on Twitter at Pantheon Pods. Just a great platform, great bunch of people. Happy to be aboard and happy to be a part of the Pantheon family. I really haven't talked much about it um, other than a few mentions in some of my episodes. I need to start doing that. I need to start getting better at that, actually. But great people. Glad to be on board, like I just said. Um it's a great next step for the podcast. More exposure, a lot more networking, a great platform. If you would have told me in June of 2019 that roughly 18 months later I'd be a part of something like that, I would have said, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to talk music and see where this goes. Well, it's going. It's, you know, I mean, it's a great next step for the podcast and hopefully continue to develop the relationship with each other you know the pantheon group and myself um but uh yeah i'm excited about it i'm totally stoked started with them towards or middle of december of course many of you know that i had a little bit of a health issue and was in the hospital for a bit and was able to overcome that, thankfully. And now just getting back in the groove of things right now. And we are grooving. We've been doing some great content, some great interviews, some great discussions over the past few months. Well, several months. But since the year started, we've been really doing some great things. And I'm really proud of the work we've been doing lately, proud of the work that we've been doing in the past, and there's more to come. There's so many ideas for the show. Obviously, there's a live stream that I keep talking about and keep mentioning. It's hard, you know, when you have a health issue and you kind of have to delay things and you're still going to doctor appointments, plus I do have a real job outside of this. This is not my career, so I have that to contend with. I also have a 16-year-old son who's playing hockey, so he's starting to get back to playing. And, of course, I do produce a lot of content. And that takes up a lot of time, too, because it's not just recording the episodes. It's booking the guests, following up with future guests, and trying to get future guests. You also have to edit 
then you also have to promote it. So it, it is a process, and, and it's not something that I shy away from. I enjoy doing it. It's just finding the time to do the things I want. So the, the, the live stream is going to happen, and it's going to be here before you know it. I'm trying to coordinate the release of my website with that, and hopefully that happens soon. I, uh, my website guy is kind of slow. He's moving at a turtle's pace, but just got to remain patient, learn to breathe, and meditate. Well, anyway, we have a great guest coming up on today's episode. We have Nathan James from the band Inglorious. Very excited for you to hear that interview. A little disappointed, didn't get a lot of time like I normally do with guests. Only got about 20 minutes. There was a mix-up in times with the management company, and it happens. It just, uh, you know, it's kind of the way the world works with this kind of stuff. Some things, you know, go smoothly. Some things, there's some challenges, and you just got to, you know, push through and deal with it. Um, You know, what can you do? And just looking forward to the next conversation that Nathan and I are going to have, and I know offline we did discuss that, so... Hopefully that's here sooner rather than later because really wanted to engage with them about a lot of different things that I like to really talk, discuss and talk about here. As you all know, I really like to have the conversation or the interview be a conversation instead of firing questions. And I think Nathan's up for it, and I think he wants to do it. So hopefully when he gets done with promoting on this promotional run, we can sit down and devote a little bit more time with the new album with and and about the band. I know there's some some changes with the personnel on this album and also him because he's an interesting cat and would love to talk with him about a bunch of things. And this new album that is coming out on Friday is spectacular. It is called We Will Ride. It's out February 12th. It's a follow-up to Ride to Nowhere from 2019. It seems that this Friday is, or these last couple Fridays, have really released some great music. Of course, February 5th was the new Foo Fighters, which I know my son was really excited about, and I got a chance to listen to it over the weekend, and I really liked it. I don't know if it's as strong as some of the other stuff from Foo that I, I like and prefer, but I really have only have sat with it a couple times, and I look forward to sitting with it more and absorbing it more like I always do. So, But I do en- I did enjoy it. I like, the, I like the album. Of course, Dave Grohl does a fantastic job. The whole band does a fantastic job, and hopefully someday we'll be able to see him live a, at a real-life concert. I also talked about the Pretty Reckless on yesterday's show. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal record. Um, just, yeah, I was stoked uh, listening to it and still processing that whole album and just a magnificent recording. And uh, I hope that this album does them well because they deserve it. And on to another great album, which we're going to talk about. Like I just said, the Inglorious album, We Will Ride. I was very impressed instantly with this album. 
the guitar tone and sonically this album is really second to none and i think it's the best sounding album that they've ever done it just really is satisfying to the ears mixed very well i really did enjoy it um I'm a big fan of a sound of a record. It really means a lot to when you're listening. Now, it's difficult when you have a laptop to listen to something. I talked about the album Sunshine by the Black Moods. I was listening to it on my laptop about a month ago and or gosh, longer than that. All these time this time just runs together, but whenever it was the drum sounded like he was hitting a couch cushion. And I was like, wow, the the drumming really doesn't sound that great on this. And then I listened to it in the car, and it was phenomenal. And so I got these really good pair of headphones that now whenever I'm listening to an album, I force myself, or any type of music, I force myself to listen. And it really does the music justice. And it did We Will Ride justice because these headphones that I got and the music that they made is a perfect combination. So um, just a bit of advice for anyone that just likes to use the standard speakers on their computer. You got to do something. You got to get headphones or you got to get some good speakers. They're really You don't really need top-of-the-line speakers if you're just moving around with your laptop. But, you know, a good pair that costs about you know 40 to 60 bucks you know we'll we'll do a good job but the headphones i got are just magnificent but to get into this album it is fan freaking tastic it is a great record um it starts off with the song she won't let you go which the guitar tone The song, the hooks, the melody is just absolutely fantastic, and it really does set the pace for the album. I'm really into pacing, and I really like when an album really kicks you in the ass in the first song or two because I think that means so much to the vibe that an album wants to portray. Sometimes albums you know, want to start off with like a mid-tempo song or whatever they want to do. It may work for some people or some fans. It may work for some bands that that's what they want to do. But I always like that punch. I always like that takeoff, that liftoff that just takes you to another place and takes you on a journey. And that's what She Won't Let You Go does. Fantastic way to open up a record. And then we go into the song Messiah, which another fantastic song. Great, great melody, great harmony, great hook. Nathan's vocals on this are just absolutely great, absolutely magnificent. Um, Just a great song. The highlights of the album come in the next two songs, and that's with Medusa and Eye of the Storm. Just two incredible... This is where it is at with this album on these two. Medusa just starts off with a dirty, sexy riff that really captures the vibe and emotion of the song and all the way through with the lyrics with with Nathan James and and the way he's singing it's it's a perfect song it really is it, it's a song that embodies and glorious and really defines this album no question about it 
The next song is Eye of the Storm, like I mentioned. Another beautiful, beautiful song. Starts out very slow, very much like a ballad, and then just kicks in and just revs it up and just takes you in again and continues that journey that the album started with the first song. Uh, Like I said, I can't say enough about these two songs, Medusa and Eye of the Storm, just fantastic, fantastic songs. My Misery, Do You Like It? are also two big songs on this album that I like. God of War and the title track, We Will Ride, really do satisfy the Inglorious fans, the fans of rock and roll. It really does combine a lot of different styles with some classic rock bands. I know we do like to compare bands of today with bands of yesterday. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a good way to help someone understand what you're trying to convey with the music and also get them interested in new music because let's face it new music is struggling in terms of fans um and that's something that we all have to contend with and all have to deal with as rock fans and a way to capture someone's interest is to say hey they sound like this they sound like that because a lot of classic rock fans really are I don't know what you call it. They're just set in their ways, and it's very hard to convince them to listen to great stuff. And Glorious has been around for a bit. You know, they've been around for about five, six years. They've this is their fourth album, and I think that this is their best album. To be quite honest with you, I really this album really defines Inglorious. It defines what their strong parts are. Their strong melodies and hooks and songwriting and it's really interesting you're going to hear Nathan talk about the recording process in the interview here that's coming up in a bit and the difference is what it was like to record under the COVID-19 restrictions the pandemic restrictions I know a lot of us here in the states depending on what state you live in there's different restrictions there's different rules in place um I know the UK has had some pretty strong and strict rules as the cases have risen over the past year. Uh, And they had to deal with that. They had to record an album through that. And it was interesting to hear about that process. And that's something that I really do want to dive in more because I kind of had to be quick with the conversation because of the time constraints. And um, that's something that I find really interesting is how these bands that normally record a certain way are changing and they have to change they have to adapt but it didn't affect the music and I think maybe that tension and that stress of recording differently affected the band in their playing in a positive way I think it's just an amazing feat to record an album this awesome with new members and also a new way of recording because let's face it outside of Nathan and Phil the band features Vinnie Cola Danny De-, De La Cruz and Dan Stevens who have been a part of the band since 2018 there were some issues with some previous members that's a, another topic of discussion with Nathan of course but they sound great they sound like a great cohesive unit even though it was difficult to remain cohesive during these times I mean it was um, it was a struggle but the interview was great um, 
you know, Nathan is a thinker, meaning that he doesn't give the same cliche answers that some people do. He really does think about what he's saying to you and what he is trying, you know, to, he's, he's thinking about your question and he wants to answer it in the best possible way or the way he feels at that time, which is truly admirable because there's not a lot of people that do that. You know, um, I often think of George Lynch whenever I'm talking with people and I always say what a great guest he is because he's very thoughtful in his answers. And it's very similar to with Nathan James as well. Um, just a tremendous voice, tremendous songwriter. You really hear his defining style on this album. It very much comes through. Um, there's not there's not a note he can't sing. He can sing the phone book if you let him. Once again, great album. Seemed like this album went seamlessly once he Nathan was able to gather the new members and get this record out. You know, it sounded like it came from a very organic, organic and authentic place. It sounded like it was what he wanted and what he envisioned after having some struggles with some previous members. And that's important, especially when you're going through COVID like this and dealing with the stress of being separated from people and not doing the normal things that you're doing. You're trying to be creative. You're trying to, I mean, being a musician is difficult. Being an artist is difficult under normal circumstances, right? You're trying to constantly stretch yourself and try, trying to you know, develop new ways and being influenced by new things and listening to other things to try to find and catch that, that, that lightning in a bottle. And it's a very up and down roller coaster type of emotion that one goes through. And when you have to change members and you have to write a record, and the record is being developed during COVID and being recorded, it's, it's hard. It's hard, especially if you're used to doing things a different way. You really have to adapt on the fly. And for any musicians or any bands that do that, uh, it's a remarkable feat. I, my hats are off to anyone that's able to do that. And it sounds like the band Glorious was able to do that seamlessly it goes without saying you know something like that is an amazing challenge um and i'm glad they were able to come through it and i'm interested to hear the individual stories from bands that did decide to record an album with COVID. i know i you know michael sweet mentioned recording things remotely but there also is a writing process and there's also a lot of material that's being written during these times because you know these band members, these guys in, that are making music. It's they got to stay active. They got to stay true to their art and true to their musicianship and true to their creativity. And trying to tap into that well of creativity can be a challenge, especially when you're not living life how you normally live it. When you're doing things or you're not doing things that you would normally do when you miss the things that you want to do like going to concerts like we talk about frequently so it is it is difficult and 
the pressure of making music, the pressure of making a record for fans, for yourself, is just added on top of that stress of not knowing what the future is going to be for music. I mean, all these bands are going to be releasing albums, especially the ones that paused the release of new material last year. All that's coming out, and all I keep hearing from is it's going to be a traffic jam. When all these records start coming out and people start touring again, number one, a lot of these venues are not going to be there, so there's going to be gigs like every night at these places. I will say, hopefully, that this... Gosh, how do I say this without hurting anyone's feelings? I hope that the fact that new original rock music is going to be prevalent once the restrictions in COVID are loosened. Okay? I hope that this means that more people will go out and see live, original, new rock music than cover bands. And I think that's going to happen. And I hope that bands like Inglorious that are in the UK can come over to the States and just kick our ass, right? Because that's what we see. There's so many great bands overseas right now. It's a damn shame that they can't get over here. They can't find a promoter. They can't find a promoter that puts them on a tour with a legacy artist. Why that doesn't happen, I don't freaking know. Don't. What the hell? A band like Inglorious opening up for whatever band. It doesn't have to be a stadium tour or an arena tour. Small theaters, even a club. Even a club tour. I bet you Nathan and the boys in Inglorious would freaking jump over themselves to do a club tour, 20-date club tour. Like when I saw Tyler Bryant and Temperance Movement a few years back. They only did, I think, a dozen dates. No more than 20. I know it was that. And they just kicked ass. I hope that happens. I hope that happens again. Um, we need that to happen here. We need to have all hands on deck for rock music. And the year is starting strong. We've got some really great albums. The one we're talking about on this episode is We Will Ride by Inglorious. I hope that all of you go get it. It's going to be available everywhere on all streaming platforms. You can get it on Inglorious's website, and that website is inglorious.com. So go to their shop option on their website, and you can buy their music. So go do it. Go support new music. Start here with Inglorious with We Will Ride coming out Friday, February 12th. It's a great great awesome album and i hope you enjoy this interview that's coming up my name's jay scott you're listening to the introduction of the nathan james interview on the hook rocks podcast now part of pantheon podcast
Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying safe and staying healthy. This is a crazy time out there, but hey, we're all getting through it together, and we all have music to help lead us down the journey of healing and offer an escape to us as we're locked in and, well, not as much locked in. We're slowly kind of creeping out uh, maybe than a month ago, but uh, hopefully... You, there's some music for all of you to enjoy, and we have a new album by the UK band Inglorious called We Will Ride, and I've had the pleasure of listening to it. It is an awesome record. It is a great record for 2021, and I'd like to welcome in our next guest, lead vocalist, Mr. Nathan James. What's going on, Nathan? How are you? Hey, man. I'm really good. Thank you for taking the time to speak to me. No, thank you for taking the time to speak to me. I, I do appreciate you guys uh, have been on my radar for quite a long time. I love your music, love the band, and I'm excited about the new album and what comes after that, as we're all excited to see what comes after that. But thank you again. No problem. We always start the same way every time we have a new guest on the podcast, and that is the essence of the show. Just like every rock song has a hook that sucks you in, Every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked you on rock and roll. What was it for you? The first time I ever heard Glenn Hughes sing, which was um, on his Play Me Out album, actually. I just remember hearing his voice when I was probably 14, 15, and thinking, that's the most incredible sound I've ever heard. Who is this guy? And then I went on my journey and fell down the deep purple hole, uh, and here I am today. It's amazing. I had uh, um, Glenn on the show a couple months ago, and I asked him how he's able to keep his voice still sounding incredible. And he mentioned something really poignant. He said, I always just stay in the moment. I never try to overthink what I'm singing, and it just comes out naturally. And I think that's just a great thing that, you know, his voice is still so, so tremendous. Yeah, I think I think it's magic, actually. I don't I think Glenn Hughes is some sort of wizard. I don't believe that <laughs> I don't believe that you can make those sounds without magic. It's unbelievable. Absolutely. So where did it go from there from Glenn Hughes and his singing? When did it become something or when did music become something that you wanted to do and you wanted to go down that journey? I knew I could sing when I was about 10. Um, and then from then I just became obsessed with singing and I wanted to get better. Uh, and I think also discovering Freddie Mercury was a big turning point for me because I, I just loved his, his theatrical tone and his, his insane way of singing. Like it's so special. Um, so I'd set myself targets of being able to sing these songs and that kind of is where it really I really learned my craft and I got a vocal coach and then the music part came in after I had been on reality TV actually. And I thought, who are all my heroes? What do my, I want to be like my heroes. Who are they? And they were all front men of bands. You know, it was Coverdale. It was Hughes. It was Paul Rogers, uh, Axl Rose, etc. So yeah, I thought, okay, I'm going to make a band. And that's when I went about starting the process of putting this band together. And yes, five and a half years later, here we are. That's incredible. Now, when you think about your evolution as an artist and 
you know, hearing Glenn Hughes for this first time, you know, being influenced by other bands too as well. And now you're on stage. Now you want to perform, but there's also the writing aspect of music. When did it become something, when did writing a song lyrics become something you wanted to do? Um, not actually until quite late on in my life, I suppose. So I was initially discovered after I was on reality TV here in the UK by a guy called Derek Shulman, who you may have heard of. Derek, um, Derek found, he signed Bon Jovi yes. in the 80s and he signed Nickelback and loads and loads, Dream Theater, loads of bands. He kind of discovered me and got me my deal. And he said, what do all your heroes like have in common? And I was like, oh, they all front rock bands. And he was like, yeah. And he said, and they all write. And I was like, ah, <laughs> you're right. They do. They all write their songs. And at the time, I was only ever used to being in the Trans-Siberian Orchestra or other singing for Uli John Roth, who I didn't have to write the songs because they were already written. So it was very strange uh, him telling me that I had to start writing and I was initially very nervous but after my first few sessions I really got into it and actually the first song I ever wrote is a song on our first album called Unaware and it was a big radio hit here in the UK so yeah I kind of I hope I have some sort of natural ability for it but I really do work hard on it and I think my songwriting with each album is getting better and better Yeah, you know, it's just an um, amazing way you know, when you put your your thoughts down on paper in, in terms of a song, do you write about experiences or do you write about observations? Um, I write about people mostly. I'm obs I, I love characters, uh, whether it's in my life or historical figures or political figures or whoever. There's, uh, I have a lot of songs in my bank that have been written by um, some really cool people in my life. You know, I've written songs about my grandfather or about a couple of my friends who've passed away. Um, so yeah, it's, my, most of my inspiration comes from people because I think ultimately we're the most fascinating thing uh, on earth. Yeah, I mean, just observing human behavior is it's just an amazing thing to just see how people interact with each other and how they how they behave. Yeah, definitely. And there's people do amazing things. And people do awful things. So there's a lot to write about, you know? Absolutely. The new album is We Will Ride. It's coming out this month. It's an amazing record. Very, um, very layered um, album that uh, I think a lot of your fans will enjoy. And I think it will garner a lot of new fans as well. What was the recording process like? Was this recorded during the pandemic before? Or tell us more about that. It was recorded during the pandemic, yeah. Uh, and in the UK, we were actually on a lockdown at the time. But because this is work, we were able to go and do it. Uh, we went to Wales. It was our first time working with a producer, which was pretty cool for us. Uh, he's a great producer. He's worked with some really great bands. And yeah, we kind of stayed to ourselves. It was a very odd experience because usually it's a quite a social time um, making an album, but we weren't allowed to really mixed with the producer and the engineer. It was all very kind of separate and we stayed our distance. So yeah, it was just a really odd time. Um, but out of that kind of strange situation, we really did have a, an awesome, it was, we were only in the studio for 14 days 
and I loved every minute of it. There was something so special about making this album, and it was nice to forget all the all the stuff that was going on in the world at that time, you know. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to hear people's different perspective as they were recording music, you know, during this time. Did it affect your writing? You mentioned about obser- observing people and, and and watching people. Did that have any effect on what you wrote about? I mean, obviously you're locked down and maybe you're not out and about, but you can still watch the news. You can still watch how people are behaving. Did that influence your writing at all on this album? Um. It influenced. Hmm, I don't know actually. Did it influence no, the, the the tone or colors of the album? I mean, the mood of the album. And did you guys have an idea of what you wanted to record beforehand? I wanted the album to be heavier, which obviously helps given the situation last year we were in, and we still are in now in the UK because we are still in lockdown again. Um, so yeah, it kind of added to that mood. I wanted the album to sound like a really heavy punchy album and there's times on this where i think it's safe to say the band has never been this heavy before so maybe that did creep in you know there was a lot of uh, a lot of repression last year and a lot of negativity around so yeah we will see I, I i hope people like it still you know it's still a it's very it's a very heavy album but it's also uh got some real nice moments on there as well it's a really heavy album and like i said it's really layered there's a lot of depth to it i think of the song medusa which is one of the first singles on the on the album, and it's just got a dirty guitar riff, and the lyrics are really cool, and it's just a great song with a great hook. Thank you, man. Yeah, I actually wrote that song with uh, Joel Hoekstra from Whitesnake. So Joel and I have been friends for a long time. We were in the Trans-Siberian Orchestra together. Uh, so, yeah, when I, I thought I wanted something a bit different on this album, uh, I spoke to Joel and he played me that riff and I, I just knew I could make it into something pretty cool. So, yeah, again, that's right, me writing about a historical figure, you know. Although I kind of put a spin on it and I make Medusa more like a girl in the bar, you know, that's uh, a bit bit of a handful, let's say. Yeah, yeah. You know, Nathan, obviously, you know, we're talking about this new record and it was recording during a time that, you know, people want to soon forget. They want to get on with their life. They want to go see live music I know the UK is under lockdown. Parts of the states here are still, you know, depending on where you're at, have different restrictions. Do you have any idea of or any hope of when things will be allowed to kind of go back to number we could start playing again? I have no clue. I think that is the weirdest thing about this is no one knows the answer to that. Um, my hope uh, here is that we will all be getting the vaccination as soon as possible so that we can get back to performing. And obviously my job is quite hazardous. I shout in tune for a living. So I'm, if I had Corona, I would be the worst person to, to have it. Um, so yeah, I don't, who knows? Obviously we're trying to be positive, trying to be, I'm trying to keep the fans positive as well because it's, it's only a pause, you know, it's not cancelled fully. These gigs will happen. It just doesn't, we don't quite know when yet, but they will happen in the future and we will go back to that because as as I can see from like the pre-orders this time and the Spotify listeners, uh, there is an audience uh, there, but not just this, for everyone. So it's, it's going to be a very exciting time when we do get back out to going to gigs. And I'm looking forward to that first one where I can have a pint with some fans after and hug them and, just enjoy being 
a singer again because last year I didn't really feel like a singer. Yeah, it's a it's kind of a, a weird feeling because you're you're putting this music out and you can't play live. However, your fans and people who are are music fans can take this album and they have a lot more time to digest it. You know, a lot of people are distracted with what's going on in normal in normal circumstances. Everything is pulling people in a different direction. Whereas now people are kind of sitting and they're and they're kind of more relaxed in terms of their what they're doing. So what do people do during this time? They read, they watch movies, they listen to music. So they have a lot more time to digest it, which is a positive for a band like Inglorious. Yeah, absolutely. I I love that people are going to get to really listen to this album and they're going to have time. When they come to a show, they're going to know every word, which is super cool for, um, for us, you know, like, Usually when you do a tour, you kind of tour the, the week the album's out so that you can increase the sales. But this has all been a very online situation. And yeah, I've stayed off doing the online streaming online streaming stuff uh, because I just want to get out there and do it properly um, and give people that, that atmosphere that we are so craving. Um, so yeah, I'm not, gosh, it's so exciting to think that we will be doing a gig. I haven't done one in over a year. Yeah, yeah. Was there any thought to delaying this until you got more of a clear direction of what was going to happen? Pardon? Sorry, I didn't hear that. Was there any thought of pausing the release of this record until you got more of a direction on the future of performing and being able to tour? No, not at all. I, we knew it had to come out, uh, and I, I, we pushed back the recording quite a lot and I didn't want to do that um, but I, I feel like people need music now more than ever right people want to want to listen to their favourite bands people want to get excited people want to well, yeah people are, are bored at home especially in the UK I don't know what the situation is where you are but in the UK we are locked down there's people on their phones all day they're on their laptops they're watching TV uh, so they're ready to consume this this stuff you know yeah, it's it, I I do believe that. I think people are are just enjoying music now more than ever because they have more time. And I think they're taking advantage of it. When you think about the collaboration for this record, you mentioned it was recorded during the pandemic. So how did that make things different? Was there more challenges as a result of that? Um Yeah, definitely. I think that's fair to say there was definitely more challenges like the writing process was really tough because I was previously going up to London every weekend to write the album with the guys. Obviously I couldn't do that when the lockdown happened. Then the album got pushed back. Um, and I myself wasn't in a fit state to write, you know, I was kind of depressed. I was down. I didn't want to write at that time. So yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like it's, it's been so hard to get this album out. Um, and I can't, I really hope it's never like this again, you know, cause I really, I loved making it when we were in that studio, but the rest of the time was just, oh my gosh, it was, it was tough. Like in the studio, not being able to hug your friends, not going out for a beer after the studio, not actually getting to all listen to the songs in the room the same time as each other. It was just a very, very weird situation, but I fully am aware that people are way worse off than us. Uh, so I feel really lucky that we were even able to make an album this this last 12 months because there's lots of people who haven't been able to. 
I also imagine, too, even though there was some difficulties and some challenges, it had to be nice to kind of escape for a while in the music when the outside world felt like it was crumbling. Yeah, like, definitely. Because I, when lockdown first hit and I couldn't finish the writing with the guys, I basically didn't do anything for for probably eight weeks. I was so depressed. Um, And I just sat at home kind of concentrating on not getting COVID because it's scary. It's It's a scary thing to have. And I live kind of with my family. So my grandma's here. She's 80 years old we were really protecting ourselves and protecting our loved ones. Um, and I couldn't think of anything else other than that. It was a real wake up call that kind of all of this other stuff doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's amazing and it's fun. But in that moment, all I was concentrating on was being healthy and being, and keeping my nan and my family safe. Um, so yeah, (laughs) sorry. It's so weird to talk about all this because I haven't really spoken about, um, my emotions uh, over the last year, um, but yeah, there you go. Sorry. No, I, I, that that's that's what uh, you know the interview is for. The conversation is for is to kind of express that. I do wish we had more time, and hopefully someday soon you can come back on the Hook Rocks and we can devote more time to the album, to you as an artist, to Inglorious as a band. Because I think my fans and I think your fans would really enjoy that. Yeah, I agree. That'd be awesome. And um, I absolutely do want to get over to the US. Like, that's my dream for the band, you know. So hopefully with this project, or I'm actually doing a project with um, Joel Hoekstra from Whitesnake, Michael Sweet, Marco Mendoza, and Tommy Aldridge uh, with the same record label, Frontiers, uh, during this year. So hopefully one of these things will get me over to America and it'd be great for Inglorious to play some shows over there because I've played there with the Trans-Siberian Orchestra and I have great memories of playing there. The crowds there are wonderful and I, I love your country. Yeah, we would all love that. I think there's a lot of bands like Inglorious and, and other bands overseas that America is just dying to see. So hopefully we'll keep our fingers crossed that that'll happen someday. Yes, please. Everybody, that is Nathan James. The new album is... We Will Ride, and that is out on February 12th. That's next week, and that's next Friday. And hopefully you enjoy it as much as I did. This is Jay Scott. I'd like to thank Nathan James. Stay safe, stay healthy, everybody, and we will talk again soon. Thank you.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 